Mitchell Whitfield. Mark Flalo. Are you surviving? Did you survive the Apple event this week? Uh, you know, it was... I, you know, normally for people that don't know this one, Mark and I will watch, you know, Mark is based in beautiful Montreal, Quebec, Canada, Canada, as I call it, and he calls it, I'm based in Los Angeles. So we tend to experience these events on our own. And normally we will text each other the entire time. This time we did not. I think no, we both so sort of just, just we, we, we were just, we were, we were silent. <laughs> we were just taking it in. We were both sitting there in our, you know, in our offices watching. And it was... It was kind of exhausting because you could tell they were going through things. They weren't rushing through iOS, Mac OS, watch OS, TV OS. I wouldn't say they were rushing, Mark, but I think at one point I did text you and said, looks like they're making room at the end for the headset. Yeah, exactly. You know, so you could tell that, you know, the other sections were truncated to make room for what was clearly going to be a bigger than just a little extra thing they had at the end. But I was very happy to see that they brought back the one more thing. I know I'm jumping ahead, a lot to talk about, a lot to unpack here, but I like that he, you know, that Mr. Cook overemphasized the one more thing, which he doesn't do nearly as well as Steve Jobs did. Sorry. But yeah, I'm, I'm exhausted. I have, I have several thoughts. I'm excited, but that sort of tempered enthusiasm, measured enthusiasm. What were your feelings just overall before we go into the details? We'll 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 dive into it in a second. Uh, Welcome to your tech report. He is Mitchell Whitfield. I am Marco Flalo. Let's take a quick breather for the intro, Mitchell. This is a day I've been looking forward to for two and a half years. We're really proud of Timeline. <laughs> We're going to reimagine Windows. Microsoft is announcing the breakthrough game console called Xbox. We've created a platform attuned to consumers' changing behaviors and an evolving sense of play. We set out to make the best watch in the world. And today, we're introducing Nexus 7. This is it, Xbox One. And we are calling it iPhone. The latest news, the newest products, the biggest names. Welcome to Your Tech Report. Online at yourtechreport.com. Join Mitchell Whitfield and Marco Flalo for the next hour of Your Tech Report. Okay, so... Where to even begin? <laughs> WWDC, for those who are living under some kind of rock, Apple's wow. Worldwide Developers Conference every single year, first or second week of June. It happened, we've been saying, for four years now. Apple's. This is the year they're going to release Glass. This is the year they're going to release some kind of headset. Well, this is the year that Apple Vision Pro is that what they're calling yeah. this? Really? Yeah. Is that really what yeah. they're going to call this? <laughs> I like Reality Pro. It might have been taken already, Apple. but you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> where do you start? I mean, it's funny because I've had so many conversations in this short period of time since that event ended trying to explain the coolness and the, and the various thoughts I have about this device. Let, let's get some of the nitty gritty out of the way. 3500 yeah. US dollars available next year sometime. It's a VR headset in its look and feel. It's got an external battery with a wire that hangs down. Let me let me can I just correct you real quick because it's imp- the correction is important and I think it'll the VR, yeah, you'll understand yeah, why. No no no, the correction is they said starting at yes, 3500. Yes, starting, starting at Which at, is which is listen, that's an important asterisk only because they didn't mention a lot of things. Uh, one of the things they did not mention was the internal storage because they were Correct. very, 
they're very quick to mention this is a standalone device, although it can interface with your Mac. If you look at your Mac screen, all of a sudden through the wire, through the you know wireless magic, you're able to control your Mac using uh, the reality. Is it the Vision? What is it called? Vision, Vision Pro? Pro. I keep on calling it reality. <laughs> um, so uh, you know, but even though it can interface with your existing. Apple gear, like your iPad, your iPhone, and your computer, it is a standalone device. It doesn't need any of those to have the experience. Because it, it's, it is a standalone device, it, it, you know, it, it is a reality, pardon the pun, that it's going to need some sort of onboard storage. Apple is, no, is notorious for charging a ton for extra onboard storage. If you don't believe me, just go to your local Apple store or go to your uh, go to your yeah. computer and try to configure a device yeah. and switch it from 256 to 512 to one terabyte of internal storage and see how it disproportionately to the price of memory increases the price of your device. That being said, starting at 34.99 means, what is it going to have on board? 512? 256? No, you know, Mitchell, I have no idea. We don't know. We I have no, no idea. idea, but you know what? Considering a brand new 15-inch MacBook Air starts at what 12.99 mm-hmm. with two terabytes of storage, I believe is the end no, point. No, One no, 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 no. They never start anywhere near. Okay. They start at like 256 or 512. Do your depending research, on the, Mark. On the, do your research, Mark. Yeah. No, I no. I wish it started at two terabytes because a two terabyte upgrade cost me like six hundred dollars. It takes any Mac Mini I make yeah. and suddenly makes it less of a deal because of that storage. While if you got that separate, it probably cost like one hundred and twenty five bucks. Five hundred twelve so gigs. April- five hundred twelve gigs of storage um, in an entry level. So one would assume right. this probably is entry level with five hundred twelve gigs. It has yeah. a full blown processor that's in the, the, the computers these days. An M2. It's got yeah. an M2. It's got, I mean, everything, 4K displays per eye. The reason I think the starting price is, 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 is labeled the starting price is because there are a lot of unknowns in terms of the size of the strap you need to, to hold on to your head. Do you need prescription lenses? Because you can't wear glasses with it. That's a really You've good You've got to get your own yeah. prescriptions from Zeiss, which they've partnered with, to be able to use it. So, so many questions. Only, only one of the most expensive lens makers. Who else? Who else would they? Would they? Well, yeah, you know, exactly, they partner with exactly. one of the more expensive glass makers and lens makers in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so many, <laughs> so many questions still remain. Correct. And I think that's intentional because I think they they might not have the answers yet. Yeah, just because they don't have a it's not chain yet either. Yeah, it's not in production yet. It's not going to be in production till who knows when. There are tons of people who were there who did get what seems like thirty minutes to experience the minimal amount they were able to experience with the device. There's a setup time where you literally look at the device with your phone and it uses LiDAR or uses the headset to actually train your face. Um, The most impressive thing that most people have walked away with is this seamless control with your eyes. Yeah, you watched the Marquez video, clearly. Yeah, I watched Marquez, I watched iJustine, I watched iPhone. I mean, there's there's tons of them out there. Um, Right, right, right. uh, Just the the, the sheer... um, ease of use you know in terms of controlling it with your eyes and, and clicking with your hands and very natural input here here's my biggest takeaway from this is that and i wish i had a pair of glasses here somewhere i don't um apple has always said and tim cook has always said that augmented reality is what excites him about all this technology virtual extended etc 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 the technology is just not in a in a place and time that it is affordable or even feasible to put the amount of cameras and sensors and displays and things they need to into 
something that resembles a regular pair of glasses or even a beefy pair of sunglasses. It's just not there yet. And I think if it was there, then they would definitely, that's what they would have come out with. And this is the path of least resistance or the best way they could possibly think of giving people that augmented reality experience with what's available to them. I, I think you're right. And that's why we said originally there was a chance that this was just going to be a really expensive tech demo or more clearly a, a, a vision of what's possible and what's to come once it's reasonably priced. Because the one thing we talked about in last week's show, and people, if you haven't heard last week, go back and listen to it. We put a lot of our segments, we we air them as you know individual segments. Just subscribe to the podcast. You'll really hear it. Yeah, the podcast. You'll hear it. on demand. Um, yeah. We said the biggest issue was going to be we have no doubt that Apple is going to do something spectacular. And according to everyone that has gotten hands-on time, it is pretty spectacular. The, the thing is, is it going to be at a price point that's reasonable for the average consumer or even the above average consumer in terms of, and I say above average, meaning what you are willing to pay for your technology. Um, I think even people that are willing or pay for technology for a living and are happy to do it. Like I, I watched the Marquez Brownlee video, which I thought was fantastic. Um, $3,500 as a, as a launching point, as a starting point, is too much for the average person. And yeah. listen, I love the fact, I love augmented reality. I have my I have my Quest, MetaQuest 2 that I love. I, I said to my wife, I said to Tracy, as soon as I watched that, she goes, how was the, uh, how was the keynote? What'd you think of the headset? I said, it drove me very quickly into Meta's arms for whatever they want to charge for the Quest 3. $500 is suddenly looking like pocket change. Not even that, but the Quest, Quest Pro 3. is looking like pocket change at $2,000. It, it really is. And yeah. so, and, and like you said, the experience from what I hear, the eye tracking, all that stuff is amazing. And you need that if you want a device that is hands-free. Now, Apple created this experience. Here's the thing. All these things that you're talking about, Mark, that that many of which cause the price to go up, all the sensors to track the can eyes. I, can I, so I want to interrupt you for one second, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Apple, with the amount of money they have at their disposal could have very easily taken a loss on this product in order to get it into people's hands or on people's heads very easily without really impacting their bottom line in any way, shape or form. They like could have every cut game that console price. manufacturer does, by the way, like they Microsoft could have sold it for cost. Did. They could have sold it for cost plus 5%. They could have right. really, because granted this, I mean, this did not cost $3,500 to manufacture. They could have done that if they wanted to get that technology onto as many people's heads as possible, which which really drives me towards a question, which is, what are they trying to do here? This is really a first generation device. It's almost a proof of concept. It's kind of like what Google did with glass. Yeah. And yeah. I worry it, that yeah. it might end up down that same road if they can't find a way to make this smaller, more portable, longer lasting and, and insert list here. I let me address what you said first, because I, I just made a comment thinking it was very clever and true. And it's not. And I'm going to tell you why. Shame on me, because you mentioned why not sell it at cost. And I mentioned the video game console manufacturers, in particular, Sony and Microsoft, who notoriously, notoriously sell their hardware at a loss, knowing they're going to make their money back in software sales. You know, you know, give them the razor handle, sell them the blades, you know, the old, the old thing, give them something exactly. for free and then sell them. So, but that's not what Apple can do here because their ecosystem is not built around that. Apple wants yeah. you to have this device to experience the things you already have. 
So if that's the case, if they sell that at a loss, you already have the software. You're already, you're not buying any more software to make this thing work. You already have your you know unless they think that by buying this dev- buying this device, it's going to push you over the edge to invest in Apple TV and buy more video content and buy more content from Apple. Maybe that's the end game. Get more subscribers for Apple TV. If that's the end game, that's a great end game. Yeah. Except you have to make sure that number one you are charging enough for that to justify to offset what you're going to lose on those yeah. freaking headsets. Um, but that, that's that's the main thing. And like I said, the, the reality comes down to, Mark, Apple chose to go the, ra- the way of the handless, the, you know, the controllerless setup, yeah. that everything is being done with hands and eyes. That has proven to be the, probably the biggest expense here because those cameras in there, many of which are facing your eyes and sensors and radar and LIDAR to, 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 tra- to track the eyes, if they didn't do that, Let's say they had some elegant Apple little pod controller that you kept in your hand, something very small. You know how much that would have offset the price of that and taken out those eye sensors? I wonder how much that price would have been reduced had Apple gone the more traditional using hand controller route, right? And the other thing that was kind of surprising is for one of the things we talked about, oh, it's going to be light, it's going to be tech. From what we understand... Heavy. It ain't the lightest thing in the world heavy. either because it's made out of yeah. metal and glass, <laughs> kind of making these plastic headsets not look cheap, but look light. And that's where Marquez Brownlee, fantastic YouTuber, tech YouTuber, made a great point that in you know wanting to make this so light and elegant and you know it has to look more more you know high end than the other headsets, which are all plastic. Well, you know what plastic is? It's really friggin' light. Yeah. Yes, it doesn't look as premium, but if you have to wear something on your head, and by the way, speaking of wearing on your head, it only lasts for two hours with that external battery. That's another thing. So there are a lot of, I kind of cut you off. I got all excited here, but there are a lot of questions here. A lot of questions. And yes, would I love it? Yeah. But even you and I, who I think are willing to spend that extra money for the good of our show and our listeners, shameless plug, I'm not willing to pay that $34.99 price. I'm not. You're going to do it, aren't you? Of course I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it just for the sake of, (laughs) I have to experience it. And you know what? This is going to be one of those devices where you're going to have to go into a store. You're going to get fitted for it. They're going to show you how to use it the way they want you to use it. Um, And and I really am curious to see how this product is commercialized when it actually does come to market. Um, Next year is not a, a long period of time away from now. We're in June, so there's six months left till the new year. This doesn't mean they have to have it out in January, February, even March. It's not going to be ready in time for a holiday season. Not that anybody is spending $3,500 on anybody but themselves. But I'm curious to see where it, it comes commercially. I'm curious to see the accessories. I'm curious to see what developers do with it. That's where I'm very curious about. I'm also curious to see um, all those experiences because eventually they'll make them their way onto a more sleek, comfortable pair of just glasses. It's not just about that immersive experience. It is... You know, they, it is billed as, as an augmented reality device with virtual reality as the kind of like, well, you get it uh, at the same time. And that's kind of interesting. It's interesting. It is not, in my opinion, in any way, shape or form, a game changer at any point right now. Can it be? Does it have the pen- potential to be? Absolutely. Did Apple hit a home run with this? This is a real big risk on their part. And I don't think they even know if it's going to pan out yet. I think I think you're right. And I forgot to mention the one part of this that excited me more than anything else. Do you remember, Mark, uh, several years ago on this very show, I can't tell you what episode because it was many years ago, <laughs> and, and, and even on following shows, we spoke about it. I said to you, the first, the first company that was able to properly monetize watching sports virtually through subscription you, yeah, or any other model. You did mention that, yeah. 
this would be the future of watching sports where now you instead of instead of only having, let's say, you know, 500 front row seats to any given event. And that was the demo up. that that the only demo that they that had they with showed. this device, because yes. I think a device like this, one of the only companies and people you can trust is probably Bob Iger. Uh, Correct. <laughs> but thankfully, they happen to own half the world in terms of content. So <laughs> Disney was a very natural that, and a very natural demo, along with all the sports that they showcased, everything from F1 to basketball and, and to that football was, to everything. And that was the only virtual reality they really showed. Anything else was like to tune out the outside world, but it wasn't really immersing you in a fully virtual world. Showing the sporting events was the only time it really showed what the VR capabilities, everything else was AR, if you noticed. So, you know, it was really to to tune out the outside world as opposed to we're going to have an immersive experience like you are living in this world, you are gaming in this world. It's a little different. But if they could find a way through the power of Apple TV and and monetizing and leveraging the relationships they have with the Disney's of the world, with the TV and movie studios of the world, if I could watch sports, I will tell you this now, if I could have a front row seat to every Ranger game, every New York Mets game, my beloved New York teams. Even virtually, you'd go. Uh, yes. Yeah. And I said you could charge for it. People yeah. would pay 50 bucks, uh, whatever the subscription cost would be. People would pay it because it would be like being there. No, you don't get the thrill of the crowd. Well, you know what? Sometimes I just want to see the thrill of my team from a first person perspective next to the boards yeah. or any. And you see how it overlaid all the stats where and it, it was brilliant. That yeah. one little moment where it showed the basketball or the, I think it was a football game it was a college football game. And they showed the stats coming up and the players superimposed. And they showed like a, a little 3D model of the court of basketball. And you could like look at the like 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 you're looking at a game, like a board game on your table. That was genius. That one little tease showed me a possibility for what this technology could be used for. If I could be at a game using that friggin headset. I would do it if they could find a right way to price and monetize those games. I'm just saying that one little tech demo was what captured me the most. You are listening to your tech report. I am Marco Flalo. He is Mitchell Whitfield. We'll take a quick break and come back and continue the conversation all about WWDC. Welcome back to your tech report. For gadget news and reviews, click to yourtechreport.com. Talking all things Worldwide Developers Conference. From Apple this year, uh, of course, I mean, uh, we'll be talking about this for months to come. Well, probably several months to come because of that Vision Pro headset that's not coming out till who knows when. Um, yeah. Early next year. Early next much. year. And you know what? Yeah. I think we're going to find out more about it. We'll find out tech specs and all that stuff as it becomes available, as Apple wants us to learn yeah, about TBA. this. Um, yeah. You know, if you tuned into the developers conference uh, on Monday... It was a very lackluster event when it comes to everything but that, right? I mean, I, an hour and a half worth of, of talk about everything from iOS, macOS, uh, iPadOS, tvOS, but not a lot of drilling down on them individually. Like it felt like they were really rushing through all of it very fast with the exception of the Mac Studio updates with the M M three M two Ultra, and and the Mac Pro, I think they spent a little bit more time on that because they had to, in terms of the audience and making sure they were pleasing somebody. But is there anything that stood out to you on the software side of being, oh cool? Like I mean, there's a couple of things that I wrote down. I mean, FaceTime on your on your Apple TV, really cool. Like finally to be able right. to. And, and it's funny when they they made this demonstration about putting FaceTime using continuity camera, which basically lets you use your iPhone 
as the camera right. and putting it on this little magnetic dock on the, on your on your front of your TV. And I immediately sent an email to Belkin saying, "New accessory, new accessory." Um, <laughs> so that that was kind of cool. And, and that and that I mean I think that's a long time coming. They don't want to obviously put a a camera on a TV. They can't figure out how to do that. So that's a great way to right. do it, which is really neat. Um, voicemail and FaceTime was kind of cool. Um, yes, being able to see the transcription of voicemails as someone is recording it in real time. That was kind of cool. And that is a great less very non-invasive way of screening. You know, I don't know why they, they, I don't know why they didn't call it like voicemail screening uh, or some version of voicemail screening. That's what it really was. Um, and they were a little subtle with it. Wait, there was a new app that they came out with to let people journal. Is it journal? Yeah. I, I mean, I, you know, I mean, I, I knew I, they I were going to be talking about that. And everybody kind of knew that was coming, but I was like, okay, yeah. whatever. <laughs> like, whatever. But you know what? To me, here's the thing. Uh, normally, in a lot of these keynotes, especially WWDC, where they're talking about software enhancements, um, I, it's the opposite of hardware for me. Like hardware, I think sometimes, you know, because they put something out every year that doesn't like a new phone that doesn't need to be come out. That doesn't need to come out every year. They don't really have enough things to make it different every year, but they do. They make these subtle upgrades. I'm not as into the subtle iPhone upgrades. I'm in for the big upgrades. I'm the opposite when it comes to the software. Yeah. Sometimes for me, it's the subtle massages to the software that they do that I get really excited about. But I found that even the subtle massages and everything other than other than watch OS ten. We're very, very subtle. And I, 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 you know, when you go to Apple's website and you click on the developer portion of the site, normally you can click on there. Like I'll click on iOS 17. Normally you can scroll for days to see all the features and things they've talked about. And I'm like halfway right. through and I'm done. Like the, 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 all they're really talking about here, widgets, live activities, app shortcuts, in-app purchases, nothing really crazy. Um, yeah. Same thing with, with uh, iPad OS 17. Um, I think, you know, Mac OS Sonoma nice new name they're really finessing things and yes i know there's bug fixes and stuff in the background even watch os like even though it's a more rigid approach you know and they're trying to make it a little bit easier to get to places i found it was not just a big update and that's fine there's nothing wrong with that i did like interactive widgets by the way both on the uh yeah both on the ipad and ios i thought that was really kind of cool and on the on the desktop side as well having interactive widgets is a cool little addition but again it's a subtle thing yeah for me i i like the subtlety maybe you know what? Maybe it's maybe it's us, Mark, too. Maybe part of it is us that we were so waiting. We were so waiting mentally and emotionally for that for that headphone. Everything else leading I'd up say, to yeah. it, no matter what they would have done, would have been like anticlimactic in a way just because we're waiting to get to that. So I tried to absorb and appreciate. And again, little subtle touches like you talked about, and I, which I kind of appreciated. I liked that. Um, I, I think that iOS is getting to a place where we have so much of what we want, even though, you know, again, we're, we're sort of still taking cues from Google these years later. Um, and listen, they're all taking know, cues I, from each other, I think, at this point. I know. Yeah, I know. But I'm just saying that because I remember when everyone was like copying Apple and then Apple started taking the now that we have this system in place. Let's t- let's take a wait and see approach, see what other people do and then do it better. Um, and I think they do a good job of that, too. It's just, you know, we don't see as much innovation because of that more cautious corporate approach now. But I don't know. I, I kind of I was I was cool with that. I was cool with all the little massages. And again, uh, so wait a minute. I'm, I'm skipping over the most important part. You you know, you always talk about, hey, Mitchell, they just updated the Mac Mini. Are you going to get one? So you've been going through this. What the heck computer am I going to get yeah. next? Did you find your next love child? No, I still haven't. I mean, I, I haven't. because what? No, because they, they, they announced some subtle upgrades to the Mac Studio with this new Ultra chip and the new Mac Pro, which now based, by the way, Apple is now free of Intel. 
they're done. It's over. Intel is gone. Granted, I mean, there's other Intel chips in the in their devices. Uh, but no, I think I'm just going to stick with my Mac MacBook Pro for now and just uh, plug that into a dock because I, I think that we've gotten to a point now where these processors and things are, are so fast and so powerful that I don't even need, like, my MacBook Pro blows away my current Mac Pro, so I don't really need to go invest, you know, six $7,000 in another machine that'll expire in two years from now. I'd rather just stick with one and just be able to be able to bring it wherever I want. Do you, do you want to hear? Uh, do you want to hear my theory, my conspiracy theory? Of course, Not a conspiracy let's, hear, theory, let's, but, let's hear this. Um, I think what I said a while ago may come true, which is that the Mac Pro, as we know it, will be gone. I think I they agree. are going to enter a world where the Mac Studio becomes their Pro machine. We've said this. I I've think said this they before. Show, and I think they showed their cards because I mean, how big? Talk about a glossing over of something. How big of a <clears throat> excuse me of a glossing over was the introduction of the air quote new mac pro which was the same chassis everything with the, the new with the new with the new apple with the new apple silicon and they didn't even bother putting in graphics cards you don't have, have the to. radeon like but i know normally they would show their new <laughs> chassis with new radeon cards on the contrary from they AMG. said by the way we used to sell this with our afterburner card that made your computer so fat, fast and powerful now we don't need to because it's built into our chips and they showed this empty chassis mac pro basically six pcie cards a slot so you to plug in things now there are server grade things that people are going to want to use for it there's, you know, it, it's it's upgradable SSD storage wise, which is kind of cool if you want to do that to it. But that's the only difference between that and the case. So for $5,000 more, that's the, all you're getting is you're getting that expandability, which, by the way, there are companies like Sonnet that sell enclosures for the Mac Studio that give you three PCIe expansion slots yep, for under exactly. $1,000. And you can still plug whatever you want in there. Why would I spend $5,000 and give it to Apple? Which which brings me to the next part of my prediction. Wait, wait till what's that, what OWC or Mac Sales does. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's where we have them. Okay, so the second part of my prediction is yes, the new uh the, the studio will become the new pro. Will it become an open machine that you can edit? No, it will not. I think Apple's systems are comp are going to continue to be walled off. Yeah. And anything you want to do, they will find a way to do externally, including adding memory externally, if that's what you so wish through connections, through Thunderbolt 4 or 5 in the yeah. upcoming years, uh, I think that we are going to see the, the the studio be their new pro and everything that you do to upgrade your Mac machines that you don't do when you order them because you won't be able to open these machines will be done externally through connectivity. That's going to be my, and mark my words. See what I did? I said mark my words. Mark my words. Yeah. Um, Username's Mark, see? <laughs> yeah, and, mark. and as I said last week, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring this back up again, I don't like hashing up old memories. Where was AI? Completely it out of the conversation. <laughs> now, now, I watched a great interview in Where Good Morning America I mean, with Tim Cook, by the way. Yeah. Who okay. they asked that question. And he said, listen, we use AI across everything that we're doing. The spotlight is on these large language models, the chat GPTs, the Bing, the Bard, et cetera, et cetera. And they're they're taking a wait and see approach. And it's it's what I said last week. I said it's either going to be there. And it's going to be like a replacement for Siri uh, or something to that effect, some grandiose thing, or they're just not going to do anything and not even acknowledge it. And they didn't. They didn't acknowledge it. And they didn't acknowledge it. And they're just completely ignoring it, thinking this headset was going to take the spotlight off it. And it will for the next couple of weeks until we until we probably see, I guess, next year, something they might do with it, maybe, I guess. But I don't know. I think that there's an incredible market opportunity that's missed from Amazon 
from my, even Microsoft, Google, and Apple, these things, these large language models need to replace the interface between us and our smart speakers. And I don't know mm -hmm. why anybody has not done it. I don't know if it's a fear. I don't know if it's a privacy and security issue. But why is that not there? And why has nobody jumped up? There must be some reason that we just don't know about. I think app, knowing Apple right now, they'll probably end up buying a company that ends up specializing in this as opposed to doing it themselves. They'll probably end up acquiring a company that, which is what they've done with a lot of their, well, with a lot where of their Siri came from. Models. Siri was born out of a company that was purchased. Right uh, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying. And I think yeah. the same thing will happen here, unless, like I said, they're working on it in the background and, and, and so much of it. And I've talked about this too. These companies are constantly redefining who they are and what they are. Apple started off as a uh, hardware company. They evolved into a hardware software company. They evolved further into a mobile company. They went back to being software company that has other products. And now they're a services company with the music and television. And so we're seeing a constant reinvention of what these companies are and how they're not how we're defining them, how they're defining themselves. And I think the stock market has shown this fluctuation in, in, in new sort of, you know, how we see them and how they see themselves sort of models. Um, and, and I think that's part of the part of the problem because they have so much in Apple, Apple over the years, the only mistakes they've made have, have been spreading themselves too thin, getting away from their core. But the thing is, their core has changed. Their core has now moved to mobile slash services. It's evolved. It's evolved. Yeah. It's it's evolved, but you know, evolving sort of connotes that it, you know it's gotten it, it's it's iterated upon what they do. But they they flat out have shifted focus. You know, we thought that they would stop doing computers at a certain point. We were, we were talking about that one year. Yeah. Maybe they'll stop doing computers and can just go full tilt with the mobile and the services. And but now they're really they're sort of really really going all in on their on their computers as well. They're just doing it in a different way. They don't want to be a company that you know, lets you do this. Or that. Here's the computer. It's closed off. Take it as it is. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they're constantly redefining who they are and what they do. Is AI going to be another part of that? Or do they just do it through acquisitions? My guess is they do it through acquisitions. I mean, listen, uh, there were, you know, Apple bought an augmented reality company that was known for creating headsets for the U.S. military. Guess where we see technology coming from that? Acquisitions mm -hmm. are one of these, you know, rare places that Apple tends to fish for stuff and they rather buy something that's really almost, you know, fully baked instead of half baked and then try to build upon it when they can just do it themselves. And then, yeah, they make it better when they get it. Absolutely. Makes sense. You know, my biggest, biggest takeaway, and it was an omission on their part. Tell me. No indication whatsoever whether there's going to be another season of Ted Lasso. Oh, Ted Lasso's done. I think they said it was a three-season <laughs> show. Uh, by the way, I cried my eyes out at that last episode. Cried my eyes out. And by the way, out. it's not done yet. Apple even actually posted something today, a, a little picture on their on their uh, Twitter timeline saying, hmm, could this be something different? A couple with, well, maybe they with have a spinoff of I think, it. Yeah, I think there's going to be some, some interesting spinoffs. I think Jason Sudeikis is probably done with it. I mean, uh, <clears throat> maybe we haven't seen the end of that world. But what a what a wonderful show! I can't wait for the second season of Shrinking. I have to tell you, I haven't started that yet. I'm very impressed with. Oh, it's it's brilliant. You would, Mark, you will at, tell. Trust me, a friend of mine's on the show. I, I watch it just for him, but it's it's amazing. It's it's even better than Ted Lasso. Well, I don't know. They're both really good. Okay. Um, I'm really impressed by their more than anything by their by their content by the Apple content. They yeah, really have some amazing taking the HBO model and just making their own stuff and making good stuff, yeah. making great stuff. And again, an example of Apple sort of, you know, spreading their rings and reinventing a services company, now a services and entertainment company. So, whew, man, 
I, I don't know. But like, and, and if we could find a way to make that headset, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna ease up on this at all. I want to get subscriptions to getting front row seats to my favorite teams. Yeah, make it happen with that headset, or let Meta take that and try and do that. I don't care. Somebody do I it. I just want to get virtual ticket. I want virtual tickets to my favorite concerts and sporting events. And I say concerts for everyone else that likes concerts. You know, I talk about uh, my future with my computers and my MacBook Pro is going to be at the center of that. And one of the ways that I'm going to try and hook that up is with a dock. And funny enough, we've got someone lined up right after we get a quick break from Kensington who's going to talk all about Thunderbolt 4 docks and how they can make my life a whole, hopefully a lot easier. So uh, do Ooh. stick around. Uh, we continue the conversation here on Your Tech Report. Your Tech Report will be right back. It is your favorite girl. That's right. It's the Ali Mars, the one and the only. Everyone else just ain't me. I am the host of Welcome to Mars, a lifestyle podcast where nothing is off the table. I have come a long way from sex and dating and have transformed the new vibe to all things lifestyle. We still talk sex, but I'm more interested in the journey, where people have come from, how they made it, and where they're going. Subscribe or follow to a brand new look and a brand new era. Welcome to Mars. Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at theallymars.com. Because even with the new look, I'm still that same bitch you love to hate. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network. <laughs> 